Every Who down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot, but the Grinch, who lived just north of Whoville, did not. The Grinch hated Christmas, the whole Christmas season. Now, please don't ask why. No one knows quite the reason. It could be his head wasn't screwed on right, or it could be perhaps that his shoes were too tight. But I think the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart was two sizes too small. All right. Do your nuns thing and I'll go from there. <laughs> you mean the 999 nuns interning in an Indiana nun? Ah, I couldn't even do it. Boy, <laughs> well, I need to practice. Do you mean the 999 nuns interning in an Indiana nun? <laughs> it's in an Indiana. That's the hard part. It's 999 nuns interning in an Indiana nunnery. Yeah, that's way too slow. Crushed it. <laughs> <laughs> 999 nuns interning you try that it's not easy 999 nuns interning all right get serious come on here we go all right well hello everybody Welcome to another edition of the Disorganized Religion Podcast, or otherwise known as the hashtag DERP, DRP, or the DERP. We're glad to welcome you once again to another episode. I am joined, as always, by my faithful companions, now in little squares on my screen. Eric Johnson and, and Deshaun Jones. Deshaun preaching again yesterday. He's he's on tour all over the place, blowing up big time. Um <laughs> Yesterday preached about the end of the world to kick off Advent. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> uh, although I, I will say that, uh, you know, for anyone who was not sure, now I can officially say that it is the Christmas season and you are allowed to listen to Christmas songs. So, Just now? Well, I mean, biblically, it's as of when you see Santa Claus coming down the street at the end of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. That is that is the official start of Christmas. That is when you're officially allowed to listen to Christmas songs. That's when you can decorate for Christmas, even though, as Deshaun said in his sermon yesterday, world's going to hell in a handbasket, so everyone did it way before then. <laughs> so. uh, I must be a heretic, because I've been listening to Christmas music since um, night after Halloween, man. Halloween? You, yeah, November first. Sean, you're, Christmas you're ruining season. Christmas. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. Well, I, I liked your comment at worship yesterday when you when asked if we could decorate um, the church a little bit early, <laughs> <laughs> and you stated, that, "Yeah, why not? Because even if we start last week, we're still the last last people on the planet to decorate their spaces." <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, would, would it be okay if we decorated? You know, a few days before Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. we do that we'll still be the last ones in town to, to decorate for christmas so and i'm be i'm beginning to worry a little bit about myself because I, I really I'm more, I'm more like the grinch when it comes to the uh to the christmas music it still seems too early to me I, right now it seems like too early 
Yeah, I sort of like to wait, like almost like the week before Christmas before I I voluntarily listen to any Christmas music. Gotcha. Well, sorry. At church, we've gone full Christmas. Um, it is Advent. We are underway, and we are doing a series uh, called "The Heart That Grew Three Sizes," based on the um, on the Bible, but also using. <laughs> <laughs> In case anyone's saying, oh, the heritage, they're preaching about the Grinch. Um, it's the Bible, uh, but we are using the Grinch who stole Christmas from Dr. Seuss as, uh, you know, as a metaphor for uh, the, our own growth that we can go through during the Christmas so, yeah, season. At the service, you, you described the character um, that you brought up as the Grinchiest Grinch in Scripture. What were how what were you That's basing right. that off? If of? you're gonna look for the Grinchiest Grinch of all the Grinches in the Christmas story in the Bible, you have to go with King Herod. And so he was he was the the uh the star of the story that we uh, shared yesterday. I mean you think about it. Uh, guy guy was married ten times, he had fifteen male children, and the year it's mid 20s bc uh they tell him listen you can pick your successor so he has all these people to choose from and they're all sort of jockeying for position to get you know get his blessing as the as the one who's going to be uh you know chosen as the successor three of his kids he actually kills because he's just annoyed that they're trying to you know uh usurp well, i guess not usurp him just waiting for him to die <laughs> uh, uh, by the time Jesus is born, he is in his 70s. He is in bad health. He has changed his will seven times. Uh, one, one guy mentioned in, uh, in the, the traditional service, you know, you forgot to mention that he had 10 mother-in-law, mothers-in-law. <laughs> said, well, hold on. My mother-in-law is, very ni- is a nice lady, <laughs> but, but I, get, I get what you're saying there. <laughs> so, uh, yes, yeah, so just a miserable dude. Uh, I said, what he would have eaten the Grinch for breakfast. He was pretty miserable. So, like, I mean, if I told him great dad jokes, he still wouldn't even laugh, King Herod. He's that bad. What? Like, for example, if I were to tell King Herod, hey, King Herod, I found a clog. I just killed the joke. <laughs> <laughs> now it's Erase actually that. funny. No, no, it's actually funny. Go, go ahead, tell it. I'm leaving that in. <laughs> <laughs> So if I told King Herod, hey, King Herod, I found a wooden shoe in the toilet. He would say, a wooden shoe? And I would say, yeah, it was a clog. You got to take, take out that misfire in the beginning there. That, that's going to kill the whole joke. Or I could give you some more. You know, I seem to only get sick on weekdays because I have a weekend immune system. Mm-hmm. I feel like you used that one before. Did I? Yeah, bad joke. Okay. So uh, this morning, my phone uh, told me, hey, don't call me Shirley, because I left it in airplane mode. Ooh, that's, that's, I like that one. I got that one. That tick. <laughs> Deshaun, that's a movie that came out 10 years before you were born. So we'll have to, we'll have to add a segment of the, of the podcast to things that young Deshaun should have to learn about <laughs> culture to really be, you know, a well-informed uh, 
college graduate when this time comes. Mm, I think watching Airplane would be a requirement. Have you ever seen Airplane, Deshaun? I have not. So you get ready to live. We should definitely have him do that. <laughs> well, be careful because he could turn that around on us, and he could <laughs> he could he could bring things to the podcast that you and I should be That's aware true. of that we are not. That's true. You well, I have two me. kids that I have two kids his age that can do that for me. <laughs> so. But no, if he wants to pile on some more, that's fine. That's fine. What wouldn't be nice is if um, if a, a hotel tried to charge me extra for, for running the air conditioner. That's not cool. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so recently I had a disagreement with my staff. And when I say disagreement, I mean, I was on one side and everyone else was on the other. <laughs> and I thought I would bring this topic to the podcast today so that uh, since Eric was on, is, is on the staff and he disagreed with me, Deshaun can perhaps break the tie. Mm, um, we discussed the value of becoming a member of a church. Now, I thought there is some value in becoming a member of the church. The rest of the staff thought that that was not all that valuable, as evidenced by how many people flood us with interest whenever I share that the new member class is beginning uh, again soon. doesn't seem like there's a stampede of people rushing to the new member class. And so we were working on diagnosing that problem, and the staff said, no one cares. (laughs) <laughs> and I said, they should care. And everyone said, they probably really shouldn't. And so I thought we could bring that up today as a... Well, I'm not sure that you're 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 presenting my side of the argument uh, in, in fairness there, or <laughs> <laughs> the side of the, uh, the staff's argument. Um, so yes, we had a spirited conversation at staff meeting. Um, and it's not all that unusual, Matt, it seems that you're on one side and the entire staff is on the other side. But I, I, had, I had no idea how badly they needed me when I got here, but <laughs> we'll get them there. So our point of view was, what is the, what is the benefit to the church going person who, who comes to Heritage all the time, is participating in all the ministries? What is the, what is the, the desire, the need, the, what, you know, say this selfishly, but what do I get out of it if I do join the church. Um, and so we sort of struggled to answer that. Um, and uh, we got to the point where um, we couldn't really come up with a whole lot of tangible benefits other than when the church comes to some critical decision-making process um, they will call a you know a church conference and and have a vote about um, you know about whatever the the specific topic is. So so if you want to be able to participate in that voting process, then you need to be a member. Um, but perhaps um, perhaps not for much of anything else. Um, so that's a decent argument. However, (laughs) uh, so I would say that where we've gone wrong over the years has been that we have separated 
coming to Christ from connection to the local church. There was never, ever intended to be any separation there, right? But I would say over the last hundred years or so, you know, we've had TV preachers uh, who might lead someone to Christ in their living room, right? And there's, I mean, there's no mechanism for that person to connect with the church. Uh, I mean, maybe they're scrolling something on the bottom of the screen saying, hey, call this number and join a church, uh, you know. Uh, so, you know, there could be that. You've had parachurch organizations. I mean, I came to Christ through Campus Crusade for Christ in college. It's called Crew now, which is a way cooler uh, the branding of that. But I came to Christ through Campus Crusade. And then I began to like, you know, uh, borrow my friends churches and I would go you know travel around with them and go to different churches every week but you know it was fine I, I met nice people there uh, but I didn't actually find a church that I that actually told me to join <laughs> or told me about joining until I went to a Methodist church uh, we all know by now that I went to my first Methodist church because of the cute girls uh, a girl invited me I went to the church we're married now so I've always said the Methodist church has done well by me. I got a career and a wife out of it. Um, you know, so if you're looking for the right church for you, I, I highly recommend the United Methodist church. Um, still trying to, to, you know, uh, win Deshaun over to, to, to the, um, to the dark side, but we'll see how that goes. Um, but anyway, so, you know, I feel like when, and I'll, I'll say that local churches, have probably not done the best job of evangelism over the last hundred years because, you know, it has become, it, it's, it's become an experience that is really measured and evaluated by the church members all the time. And you get, you've gotten to this place where everyone's sort of shopping for the church that meets their desires for the church goods and services they want to consume. Um, which is why, you know, we, it's easy to get stuck when you're on a church staff spending so much time trying to avoid making anyone unhappy, right? Uh, the reason to not do something is, well, this so-and-so won't like that or so-and-so won't like that. And, you know, and so we're afraid to shepherd people, right? We're afraid to, to tell people, well, this is the way you should go. Uh, so, you know, maybe we're afraid of losing people if we challenge them too much. Maybe we're afraid of losing people if they don't enjoy the, the, the production, you know, so whatever the reason is, we have, we have not done a good job of, uh, of making coming to Christ a regular part of, of the church experience. So maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's where parachurch ministries and TV evangelism came from, right? Is that they were trying to lead people to Christ. But I, I feel like the whole idea of coming to Christ apart from being in, being in the church is just not, has never been a part of the design. So when, um, when you join in a, ch a church, like those two things should be concurrent. Coming to Christ and joining the church should be the same exact thing. So that's why, I mean, obviously, you know, sometimes you move, you get transferred to some new town because of your work or whatever. And so you switch churches and join that way. But really, they should be the same thing. Becoming a Christian and the same thing. Well, I mean, seeing that the model is what it is, um, Hold on, let me switch the camera over. Um, so I was going to say, um, it, you're, you're, 
So you, your argument is you're linking um, coming to Christ and church and church membership together. Um, and I think that would be a valid um, connection point um, if that local church were the organization that led you to Christ. So that seems like a natural follow on. Um, if you were if you were looking uh, for some spiritual need in your life, you stumble across heritage, you started coming to worship here and met some people, got involved, and you decide to come to Christ and give your give your heart um, and soul over um, uh, that that you would be uh, inclined to join that you know to formally join that church. But it, um, there's not a lot of um, people that come to Christ that way anymore. And that's part to your point that a lot of people are coming to Christ through other church organizations, parachurch organizations, campuses. Um, uh, I also came to Christ through Campus Crusade. Um, and then they look for a local church wherever they happen to be living or where they move um, and they begin attending that community. So that connection between um, the group or the people that helped you come to Christ and the church that you end up joining isn't always always there. All right, so Deshaun, having heard these two compelling arguments, um, who's better? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Where do you come down in the whole membership situation? Um, Eric, you've made some compelling arguments, uh, but I think that you know the future pastor in me is going to have to side with Matt. Um, I've got a few reasons. Um, first, uh, as a college student, I'm not officially a member of any church up in DC. Um, so I'm I'm a floater. And you know, having been a part of Mount Olive for you know 18 years, my entire life, um, and, you know, having officially joined that church when I was around 12, 13. Um, you know, it, it's been something that I've invested in, I deeply invested in seeing Mount Olive continue to grow, continue to do ministry, and continue to survive as a church body. And I think that's something that I lack up in D.C. Um, I don't have any roots up there. Um, I'm not officially a part of any church. So I, you know, I come I come and go as I please. And, you know, at the end of the day, I don't believe that I am extremely invested in seeing either of those churches that I, you know, frequent up there, you know, just grow and thrive. And so I think that's a huge part of, you know, becoming a member of a church so that you are invested in that ministry and in the, you know, continuation of that ministry. Um, and I think that there are also just benefits to church membership uh, that come with, you know, discipleship and, um, and accountability, you know, having people to, you know, look for you, I think it's easier to track members than it is for those who just, you know, sneak into the back pew and, you know, sneak out before the benediction. So I think it's easier to track members, easier to, you know, follow up with them. If you've got a member that you haven't seen in a while, you know, it's easier to get, you know, a class leader or somebody like that to follow up with them, make sure they're doing okay. So I think those are my reasons that, you know, from personal experience, like I see that my commitment to, you know, the churches that I visit up in DC is just not full um, because I don't have membership there. So I don't have a stake in that, in that church, in that congregation. You know, I benefit from it. Um, and, you know, I enjoy worshiping with them, uh, but, you know, week to week and day to day, you know, it's not something that's like 
deeply engraved on my heart to make sure that church is doing well. Uh, but with not all of it is, because uh, it's something that, you know, I have a deep, uh, a deep root. Uh, and so, yeah, I think those that's accountability a, and that commitment. That's a great series of points. And not just because you agree with me, uh, but <laughs> because, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like there's a big difference between, you know, where you go to church and which one is your church. I think Deshaun describes really well what it means for someone to think to be your church. Like you feel responsible for it, right? If, uh, you know, if there's something happening that could hurt it or help it, like that's going to be a, a motivator for you to, to get involved and do something. Um, you know, if you, uh, if you're at a church where you're visiting, yeah, I mean, and being in college is an example of being in another town temporarily and going, you know, to, to one, um, you probably would help out there because someone asked you to do them a solid and you're a nice person, <laughs> right. But not because you feel the burden of the responsibility to, to grow the church or to, you know, help it accomplish its mission. Right. Um, so, yeah. So I feel like that whole feeling of, the, you know, this church is my church and its mission is my mission too. You know, um, that's the thing that happens when you become a member. Um, but we could probably sell it better. <laughs> yeah. So well, I'll tell you what, so as you, uh, as you continue driving down the road or uh, sitting multitasking with our podcast on, uh, and if you're not a member of a church somewhere, or if you've been attending for a while, maybe give that some thought. Maybe that's something for you to, to choose to do. Um, if you are, um, if you're a church leader, take stock of how many people flood your new member class every time you offer it. <laughs> and maybe there's something for us to do to uh, either sell that better, explain that better, or uh, just generally do that better. So definitely something for the church to, to um, reflect on philosophically, but also to uh, execute better as well. Well, Thanks so much for tuning in to us wherever you are tuning in from. Um, as always, we're thankful for you to, to tune in and join us here on the DRP. Um, as always, thankful for my partners in crime, Deshaun and Eric. Uh, take care. God bless. We'll see you again really soon. See ya. Derp. <laughs>